What's going on? I believe on the seventh day, the Lord said, and let there be PGA showdown. Pretty sure the man's a saint. Can God be? I don't know. Anyways, what's up, new guy? I'm the Degenerate75. I am a PGA DFS content creator, and I'm here to help you get a little bit better at uh, DFS, because if you don't know, this should be hard, but if you do it right, it can be fun, and it can be uh, a positive experience, both financially and emotionally, in the long run, if you do it right. That's what I'm here to help you do. I hope you hang around for a little bit. If you like the cut of my jib, I encourage you to come check out this schedule. Every Wednesday night, I do the emergency stream. That's for week long, a.k.a. kicking the nuts. And uh, we, 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 uh, it's, a, it's a happening show. Be there. Don't make your lines before you do, or you're a slapdick. But I also do this show, the Showdown Hoedown, every Friday and Saturday for round three and round four, which is what you're watching right now. So without further ado, let's get going. Uh, just so you know, tomorrow I'm going to put out my, uh, week retrospective. I didn't know that I was going to have a heater of a week when I decided to do this. I was just trying to get some new viewers because it's the players. So be looking out for that. I'll be going over contest selection for the players. We'll be going over initial price reaction, which I still haven't looked at. I still don't know the prices for the players because I want it to be an authentic reaction. And of course I will do a retrospective of how I did this past week. Uh, let me just go ahead and tell you, well, Okay, uh, if you're one of those sweaty prize picks guys or you want to know some specific round four scores to help you at DraftKings tomorrow, make sure to hang around to the end. I'm not going to tell you now because you'll click off my video too early, so you wait till the end, you donkey. All right, if you don't know, here's Cut Sweats. I love this site. If you don't know, the 6 of 6 rate was super high this week. Uh, anywhere, you know, 15 to 20% across the board, which is a super high 6 of 6 rate. When none of the big names miss the cut and none of the donkey chalk misses the cut, you tend to get numbers like this. So it was very high. But let me tell you, first of all, you see my little code right down there, Degenerate75 right here, right there? Yeah. Uh, all caps will get you half off your first month, right? So I can go over here and what's cool is I can go look at my contest and I can see, uh, you know, like he has all the projections, which as you can see, it all week long, aka kicking the nuts, I bailed. I basically bailed. I played like $1,000 this week. I just didn't have any hot takes and I wanted to play more showdown. But do I have any live lineups? Well, you can see some of them are showing that I could win. And then you go over here to uh, showdown. Also does it for showdown. So like you have a really good lineup and you're like, ooh, is this thing going to win? Well, you just go click on it and then you go look at the contest and I look at myself and oh, look, you know, like I had a 100% chance of finishing in the top five there for a while. I had like a 4% chance of winning the big $5 today, but it just didn't materialize. What are you going to do? Uh, and so all of this is there. So like you really know, it's not just about like how many of your guys made the cut. It's also about, do you have a real chance to spike a GPP? And at showdown and week long, you know, sometimes you'll be like, well, I think I have a good lineup, but do I really? It'll all tell you. This will tell you. I love it. It's the coolest thing ever. Use my code Degenerate75 uh, and and uh, it'll let you know everything. Okay. Which, by the way, I, I will tell you the other day, I was, <laughs> it told me I was 80% to win a tournament after the morning. It didn't hold, Bob. It didn't hold because, you know, sometimes things don't go well. But you know what does go well? The solver. All right. I don't normally do. I'm doing it out of order tonight because I'm so excited, right? The solver is the best optimizer out there. If you don't know, I, I don't, I'm not a guy that plays like 150 lineups. I'm not, you know, of, of, you know, compared to the other big names, which I'm not a big name. If you knew how much they played compared to how much I played, you'd laugh, right? I'm not a guy. I only did 40 lineups today, right? I, I, I only do lineups and get them into contests I like. I rarely max enter stuff. So I want to make sure that I am getting the best versions of my player pool. And that's what this optimizer does. It's not going to pick the players for you. It's not going to tell you to go, you know, play whoever. You still got to make a good uh, a good player pool. But when you do, like and you set rules for it and you say these are the guys I want and here's everything I need, it will spit you out lineups and it will give you the best version. And all I simply do is I make the 40 lineups I like. You can see right here I had all my, I still this is still from last night. This is my exposure. My number one play today was Hatton. So no surprise the big guy had a good day. But if you think, "Oh, you're so smart." Well, my number two play was Patrick Cantlay, so I'm not too damn smart. Um 
and what I did is basically here was my best lineup, right? And it said, this is your highest projected lineup. So I just go and toss that in the $200 single entry today. And if Cantlay doesn't fuck off all day, it was winning for the longest time. I think it got 13th or something like that, almost a top 10. And it completely made it. It said, this is your best projected lineup, right? And then I go toss these in the $100 single entries. And then I go throw my next ones into the $44. And look at this bad boy right here that it made me. My eighth highest projected lineup was Scheffler, Hatton, Day, Keegan, Henley in English. And you know what? That one went in the $44 club twirl, which I always talk about loving that tournament. And I'm pretty sure, unless I'm doing some monkey math, the big guy just won the $44 club twirl today, which now gives me two GBP wins in the past three days. Uh, Should have been three, but we won't talk about the fucking uh, no wind on Thursday, okay? But regardless, winning any GPP is awesome. They're not a common thing. Anytime you win them, you want to never take them for granted. Super pumped. The lineup was 100% made by the solver. Uh, Yes, I did the player pool. Yes, I controlled uh, all the variables, but it spit me out the best version of my player pool because so often I'll have a great player pool but not have the right combination. And right here, it got me on old Ropat and Scotty Scheffler, and I, I told it to put those guys in there, but it put them together. So another GPP win, two in three days, and... Uh, The three straight days of over $3,000 in profit, every single one of those lineups was made by the solver. Very, very happy with it. Very excited. Um, we We got some funds to go blow with the players. We'll just say that, okay? Hashtag trust the process. If you're interested in this, you got to go sign up using my landing page. Getting so many people to sign up. Everybody loves the solver. Make sure it's the showdown hoedown. It will come with my week-long projections, a.k.a. kicking the nuts, uh, and round one, round two, round three, and round four showdown, because if you don't know, showdown is where the real edge is, okay? Uh, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if, if you make donkey picks, it's not going to save you, okay? You still got to make good player pools. You still got to do your research, but it's going to make the best version of your player pool. I swear by it. I encourage you to go sign up. Use my landing page. All right, let's talk about the course today. How did it play there, Bob? Well, somewhere in the middle, right? The winds were a little bit, and it seemed like it played a little harder in the afternoon as it crusted out, and the, and the numbers seemed to bear that out, right? There was a lot of grenades out on the course today, right? You had, uh, you know, 40% on Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick. I guess I fucking missed the memo on that. What the hell was that about? Whatever. He wasn't even on my radar. If I knew he was 40%, I would have, I would have went and done, like, I would have skipped through the streets all night in happiness knowing that he was going to be 40%. No idea. I don't know where that came from. Touts must have been pushing him or something. But the afternoon, guys, there were grenades everywhere. Cantlay, Xander, uh, 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 Connors, everybody. I mean, the guys, and, the, and there's a lot of stars. Oh, Rom, of course. All kinds of stars in the afternoon afternoon and they and they still had the worst edge that lets me know that the winds were there and the course was baked out why do we need to know this why do we need to compare the morning to the afternoon because let's face it most of the really good scores came in the morning right they were guys that got out there when it was a little bit softer and a little less baked out and they got after the course and this is what we have to balance when we're doing round four showdown there has to be a balance of trying to get guys that are going to finish at the top of the leaderboard but do well because they get those position points but also have those guys that are going to go shoot a minus four or minus five tomorrow that break the slate right you got to have that Terrell Hatton right you got to have that Victor Hovland that may not start in the top 10 but they catapult up there and if they're going to be out there in the easier conditions you need those guys you need the Norin who went out there and made like six Six or seven birdies today, right? You get, you have to, you need those kind of guys in your lineup to make them work. And so, knowing what the course is playing like tells us a lot about what we need to do tomorrow. 
All right, let's talk contest selection. First of all, DraftKings, they did put bigger prizes up, but, you know, they know they got all the donkeys in this week, so they're doing a third to first in the big 25. I got plenty of money in the account, not even going to consider it. The 555, uh, a third of the money to first, I, I, no, I'm not, no, no, I got rules. The man has scruples. I will not play when it's a third to first. I'm casting a vote, and I'm not going to cast a vote. The $100, they bumped it up to uh, 40000 so that's nice. This, the $100 single entry is great. If you're going to play $100 tomorrow, you'd be so much better doing one lineup and putting it in that bad boy. I promise you. Uh, which, by the way, I think I think, I think uh, the, the team Discord took second and third in that. Or maybe that was the $200 single entry. Uh, the big $5 tomorrow, uh, you know, it's a quarter. It's 10000 up top, which is nice, but it's a quarter of the prize pool to first. And when you do that, you can just see what it does to the rest of the prize pool. I mean, shit. 10th place is only 167th of first. That's pretty brutal. So, you know, I, I, I might throw some in there, but I'll probably just go make all my lineups, which I think I also finished eighth in that one today. So what is that? Six top tens and two wins this week at Showdown. Um, am I going to play it again tomorrow? Probably, but I'm not going to max enter. What I'll do is I'll go enter all my lineups and the contest I like, and then I'll just throw a duplicate of that lineup in this. So if it hits, it double hits like I did today with the, the club troll lineup. The $200 single entry tomorrow, pretty similar. You know, it's, 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 it's better, but it, I just, I hate when they do a quarter to first. I wish it's like 20% to first or 15% is great. Uh, let's get to, you know, of course the club twirl. You should always play in the club twirl. Maybe we could get that one called the big guy. Uh, I have I have like so many top tens in that this year, and I once again I played six lineups in it. I'm not a mass multi enter guy, right? Especially in the forty four dollar, I'm not dropping thirteen hundred dollars on that tournament. Uh, okay, let's see what else is there. Uh, the $1.20 max, as I tell you, it's always the nuts. The $5 single entry, the $33 single entry, the backup one and 200 are good. The $12 single entry is good. Um, you know, and this is what I, I, I want to tell you to do. I think round four, I've been tracking this. I think there's a bigger edge at round four cash than people realize. I think, yes, you do want to go up high and get a couple guys that are going to get some good placement points. But what everybody does in cash is they just go play six guys in the top 10 and just assume that there's not going to be any grenades. And if we know anything, there's going to be some fucking grenades tomorrow. So I think that there is something about like playing uh, cash guys that start at like 30th that are ball striking the hell out of it and are just poised for a good round and let those donkey dicks go play Kitty Yama and cash. Okay. Like let them do that. And just, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, just something to consider. If you if you want to diversify your bankroll, right? If you're getting rolled over by GPPs, uh, I understand. And of course, if you want to max uh, mass multi enter MME, yeah, the the fifty cent is a great way to uh, uh, do that, right? So, by the way, this one is endorsed by Eminem. Eminem, fifty cent is. All right, uh, let's talk about weather and let me make it real easy on you, Bob. There ain't none tomorrow. Okay, it is going to be a beautiful. Matter of fact, let me check. I, I, I still have Windfinder up just to check the temperature. It is going to be a hair cooler tomorrow, only low eighties. But what we see uh, about the wind tomorrow is non-existent. There's nothing. There's nothing there tomorrow. So these guys are going to get this course. However. I want to put a theory out there, and let me go ahead and preface this by telling you this is all conjecture. I have no, I have no inside information on this. These past few days, I have heard from a couple good sources that they might have been watering the course a little bit more, knowing that it was going to run away. Pretty sure Kitty Yama just birdied 18. Good thing he didn't do that on 17, or I would have lost the, the club twirl. Um... So uh, this is conjecture. I have heard that because the winds were so high, they have been watering this course a little bit more. I've heard this from more than one source now, more than one source that I trust. And so because of that, I think tomorrow they might let it actually bake out and it's going to get crusty like we expect because there's not any winds that they have to worry about. So I don't know if the fact that there's less winds tomorrow means this course is going to be more gettable. I think they're going to roll the shit out of those greens and I think they're going to leave it crusty as fuck out there. And uh, they're going to be playing this thing like the US Open come the afternoon. That's my hypothesis. I don't know that for for sure. I don't know that for sure. I do know this. 
I am definitely going to have guys that go off in the morning because I know in the morning there'll be difficult flags, but at least the greens will be a little bit receptive. A little bit receptive, okay? I think by the afternoon with tough flags and baked out greens, it, I don't care if the wind's blowing or not. Like, you better drop that thing straight out of the heavens is what you better do, Bob. All right, if you don't know, tomorrow is round four, okay? New guy, you need to know this about round four scoring. It's different than round one, round two, and round three because there is position points, and it is the most overrated thing in round four showdown, and it is where the edge exists. Here's what's going to happen. Everybody is going to go play, guys, who start in the top ten because they're like, I get position points. No, dumbass. You get those if they finish there. You don't get it if they start there. So everybody, like a guy like... Uh, a, a, a good player like John Rom, who's not starting in the top 10, he will be zero owned tomorrow because everybody's like, I got to play Scheffler. I got to play Hovland. They're going to go spend their money on the guys in the top 10. So you can go get incredible leverage on good players who are not starting uh, in the top 10 or near the top 10. They're, I mean, like they're going to be nothing owned. I still remember somebody winning the big 100,000 when John Rom was like 1% owned and just boat raced from the back of the field on a Sunday. And, uh, you know, so the guy said something like, I, I, I played the best player in the world at 1%. I'm not a genius. Uh, but he is a genius, so uh, th remember that, okay? The second thing you want to remember is any cheap options up in the top 10 are going to be mega chalk tomorrow because people, there's so many good players at the top of this leaderboard, they're going to want to get them in, right? They're going to want to get three or four big studs from up there. So if there's any cheap options that also start up there, like off the top of my head, let me, uh, let's see, who's up there right now? I'm uh, Kitty Yama, of course, Harris English. Uh, oh, my God, Pearson Cootie. <laughs> God, that's going to be the donkiest of donk chalk. Uh, they're going to get they're going to be super owned because people are going to need those guys in their lineup because they want to fill it out. They need them to fill them out after they put three or four studs in there. Right. So these guys are going to be incredibly highly owned tomorrow because people think, well, I get those position points. No, you don't. No, you don't. You only get them if they finish there, dude. Furthermore, I want to remind you about position points. The difference between second place. OK, so you got a guy that finishes second and a guy that finishes all the way down at 20th is literally one birdie. 5.75, that's a six-point difference. Almost the exact same thing, okay? It's just incredible the difference, and people will chase these points. Furthermore, like, if you can get guys that are charging, and you get those rounds, those minus three, minus four rounds, which I assume are going to be very good tomorrow, not only will you get those big rounds where the birdies are where you score all the points, but you'll also get all these bonus points. Quit thinking of position points as a starting point and think of them as a destination, Okay? And so that is why I think you want to be taking guys that can backdoor these top five finishes, but not guys that start there. And as clumped up as this field is right now, there, there are guys way down there who can backdoor a top five tomorrow with simply just a minus four. Because I think you're going to see, if we saw people catapult today, I think you're going to see the trebuchet tomorrow. They're going to get fucking launched out of here. Once again, hi, this is my hypothesis. I don't know. Everybody's going to see no wind, and they're going to think the course is easy. I'm going to go the opposite and say, I think they're going to bake this shit out. All right, so then who do we play, Bob? Well, as I always tell you, I think that you got to be aware of who you play up top. I've been tracking this, and the most common number, the, mo the, 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 what, not the median, the, the mode, right, uh, is the most common number that shows up is three guys in the top 10 to start a GPP winning lineup. Two is the second most common number, and four is the third most common number. Okay. By the way, one is more common than five. Fun fact. What does that mean? That means when you start your lineup, go look at how many guys in your lineup started in the top 10. And the, and the number that wins the GPP the most is three. Okay. Three of those guys start in the top 10. So that means they're taking three guys from up top and then they're taking three chasers that are not starting in the top 10. That is the lineup. That is the lineup construction that is winning the GPP most frequently, the main GPP. I, I can't measure them all. Okay. 
Um, so that is important to know. And then the know, the second most common one is two from up here. So I think you really want to make your stands up high. Make your stands up high. Who do you love up high? And I think you want to make some hard fucking uh, fades. Okay. Don't, if you want, there is an argument to be made. And I've done this before where maybe you just sprinkle 20% of all of these guys, right? And so, like, you're, you're probably going to be underweight on almost all of them, but it, you, you focus way more time on nailing your chargers down low and then just mixing and matching up top, right? It's like inverted on how everybody else does it. Everybody else is going to go take their three or four guys up top and then just sprinkle one or two slap dicks from the bottom. So maybe you invert that and that's a way to get different and make your lineups and give yourself a lot of leverage and exposure if you hit those chasers, right? If you hit that Hatton, if you hit that Hovland, whoever the hell goes off tomorrow, right? So you've got to be aware. I don't know. I, I just don't think you want to have a lineup with zero guys in the top 10. I think that's a very negative EV build, right? Position points do matter. They just don't matter as much as all the dipshits think they do. That's all I'm trying to say. Please understand my thesis and let me be clear about it. So you got to be, you got you got That's your first step is you got to consider where do you want to play? The second thing I like to look at is how far down do I want to go? Uh, you know, in a tournament like this, I'll literally play guys from the bottom, but then there's also the question of, will they fucking quit on me? Okay. A guy like Keegan Bradley, as I told you yesterday, he won't quit. He just keeps playing. Right. But if a guy like Decky gets off to a slow start or Shane Lowry gets off to a slow start, he's already thinking about the three pints of beer he's going to drink after the round. He's done. He's going to check out. Now I'm not telling you not to play Shane Lowry. He might go out birdie birdie tomorrow and say, fuck it. I'm going after every pin and play the round of his life. But I'm telling you, if he starts bogey bogey, that boy will pack it in. Okay. He will pack it in like it's a 12 pack of donuts. Okay. So these are things you have to consider when you play guys down here. Yes. No one is going to play these guys because there's like zero uh, chance they're going to get you any position points. But the reason that you have to take a little caution to the wind is there is a chance that these guys get off to a slow start. They'll pack it in and not try. So that is, that is something to consider. For me, I think that anybody starting at like plus two or plus three, they can backdoor you some points. Remember, you start getting position points at top 50. So if you're a plus three guy and you shoot a minus one tomorrow, you're definitely going to get an extra bonus point or two for moving up into the top 50. Plus, if you shot a minus one tomorrow, I assume that's going to be a very above average round, right? And you'll have that guy at 1%. You throw in a birdie streak, you're dancing naked in the street, you mother father. All right. So that is the first two things I'm considering, right? The next thing I'm looking at, who had a monster round today, right? Uh, well, uh, Corey Connors didn't do well today after he shot a minus six. I'm fucking shocked. I can't believe that happened. A guy shoots a 99 percentile round, and then he doesn't have the nuts the next day? Who would have ever thought? Who, who could have ever foresaw this coming? I, I don't know. Uh, okay, and then Jason Day, he was terrible the day before. He could never do good. I think he made 900 birdies today. I think that's how many. I lost count at, like, 875. So, guys that I'd like, you know, guys that I'm not playing tomorrow. No way. Pearson Cootie, Harris English, Kyle Westmoreland, uh, 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 Adam Svensson, David Lipsky. Why? Why are those guys? Why are you skipping guys? Because Victor Hovland, Terrell Hatton, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McElroy. Jason Day, these are legit golfers, and legit golfers can have those really good days two days in a row, and it's not weird. If Pearson Goody goes and shoots a minus six again tomorrow, I'll fucking eat crow, okay? But like, there's no chance I would play that. That was, that was a 99 percentile outcome for him today, okay? If you, and here's the crazy thing. He did it losing on approach. What a fucking luck sack. Wait, is this sorting by round two? What do we, why do we got round two stats up? Get the fuck out of here. All right, uh, let's see. Pearson Cooney. Okay, I lied. I lied. He was good at everything today. I'm sorry, Pearson. Get Pearson Cooney. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do that Pat Mayo voice. Still the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard. Is dad building him a dome to keep him out of the wind? Fuck, Pat's funny. Uh, all right. 
From there, uh, I'm going to go look at approach. It's the first thing I always want to see. Scotty Scheffler, my God, that ball striking. It was like, he, dude, he should have had such a good round. He missed like, I swear he missed two five-foot birdies too, and he still shot a minus four. My God, man, my God. So if you're if you're a ball striking truther, how do you not go Scotty Scheffler tomorrow? I don't know. Adam Svensson ball struck the hell out of it today, but Adam Svensson's traditionally a good ball striker. And the weird thing is it seemed like he was making a lot of putts, but I guess not. Here's what I'm talking about. Look at this. Cam Young, who I played a lot of today, actually did exactly what I thought. He bounced back. I can't play Cam Young. He had a bad round too. Okay. Okay. And look, he did I mean he didn't do that great overall, but it was only because he was being an asshole on and around the greens. That is the easiest thing to flip around. Cole Hammer, my God. He lost almost five strokes on approach. There you go. There's your fucking sleeper. Uh, so this is what I'm looking at. I'm going to look at these guys that really killed it on approach, especially if they gave it around. Like Justin Thomas, my God, man, that ball striking, unbelievable. Losing the bogey-free round, he had one birdie, and then he lost the bogey-free round on 18. That would be a kick in the nuts because a lot of people were probably getting pissed that he wasn't making many birdies, but they thought, at least I'm going to get my bogey-free round. No, you're not, Bob. No, you're not. Okay, moving on. Chesco Molinari. Actually, he putted really well. Ryan Palmer. Aaron Rye, these are some guys, I mean, like, they just can't putt that bad two days in a row. I mean, they can, but statistically, they're not going to. Next thing, did anybody just kill themselves off the tee, which is very easy to do here, seeing there's water lurking everywhere? Dude, Weberton Simpson, like, he actually should have had a good round today. Like, if you just give away, like, just shoot average off the tee, not good, just completely neutral, he shoots a below-average round today, right? He shoots under par, right? That would have been a great round. So if you think old Webb can get his broken driver swing fixed, well, there you go. Justin Suh, that is just incredibly bad. Brennan Todd, okay, Brennan Todd's not good off the tee, but what I will tell you is Brennan Todd is not going to lose 2.28 on putting tomorrow. Uh, anybody else? Xander Schauffele, he was so bad today, I watched him, he was terrible. Well, what I will tell you, is Xander Schauffele lost three shots off the tee, and no one's going to play him tomorrow. So here's what I'll tell you about Xander Schauffele. He could never do good tomorrow, or he could. I'm just telling you, watch out. He, no, I can't play him. He played bad yesterday. Once you understand that that's what showdown is, everybody fucking thinks they know something, and then, and then you realize they don't. That is where the game is. This is why I love showdown. This is why I play less and less week long, because in week long, the donkey dicks get there, and even when they don't, you still have to have a million things go right. At showdown, I can literally just let 40% of people play Matthew Fitzpatrick, and I'm already halfway home. I'm already halfway home, because Matthew Fitzpatrick is somehow the nuts. What, what is life? Uh, Jonathan Ramathan, once again, I bet he is under 5% tomorrow. How often are you ever going to get the number one player in the world at, uh, at that? He, but he's not ball striking. Okay. Okay. You're right. He's not horrendous ball striking round, but it just, just for the, just for, just for argument's sake, could he possibly figure it the fuck out? Maybe, maybe he could. I'm just saying anybody lose it around the green today, really kill themselves there. Will Gordon. Well, Will Gordon kind of lost it everywhere. If I've ever seen a guy give up on a round, Will Gordon gave up on a round today. Let's see. Anybody really kill themselves around the green? Chesco Molinari, man. What a round. What a round. And he should he should have shot even better if he wasn't an ass clown around the green. You know, old Richard Fowler. Oh, old Ricky Flower. Pretty good. Ooh, Party Marty. I played him today. That's disappointing. Disapp and you know what? He's actually a really good off the tee player. So that could be something to bounce back. Taylor Montgomery. Taylor Montgomery. You, you, I know he's pissing you guys off. You, 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 you don't play him in round two. He kills it. Then you go play him in round three because he did a good round. And how did he do for you? Quit chasing the good rounds, donkey. All right. You want to know the top four players that are really good round four scores that are cheaply priced that maybe you could sneak in there, which I love that stat, right? That's what got me on Taylor Moore today. He has an incredible round three history, so I played him, and he did pretty good. He made a lot of bogeys, but he made a lot of birdies. But before we do that, go check out my website, dgen75.com. It is the fastest growing community out there. It is fun. We keep DFS positive. I help people get their money in uh, uh, plus EV, but more than anything, 
we have a community and we're doing really well over there okay look at my look at my screenshot of all these people it's gonna be even bigger ones this next week uh and by the way not you won't see my name on there no no touty bullshit you're not gonna see me, me have the editor tweet this shit out or anything like that uh or or i'm not even gonna post it on here but just know that I, i've won two gpps this week but I have the best tool in all of PGA DFS called the Rosetta Stone. All the stats that actually matter. If you want to know what I'm looking at to make my decisions, how did I come up with the player pool I came up with? It's right here. It's right. This is it. This is all I fucking do. Okay. I'm not a shaman. I just like go look at the stuff and all the stuff that matters and I make good plays. Right. I, I still make it. It's still my decision. There's not a single pick on here except what you think is important. By the way, make sure no ads on this video. So maybe you drop a like and a subscribe and tell a friend because you know YouTube ain't going to share my shit. And don't forget to be here tomorrow for my uh, uh, retrospective on this week. All right, those four guys that are really good round four scores that are all decently priced, Jason Day, Taylor Montgomery, Tommy Fleetwood, Brennan Todd are all in the top 11 of round four scoring of people that are in this tournament. Uh, and they're all very fairly priced. And none of them exact. well, okay, I take that back. Day had a good round. But the other three did not exactly light it up today. So maybe that is something you consider. If you want to see the whole list, just come on over and uh, check out the Rosetta Stone over on my website. All right, price picks. If you're doing price picks, you're in a sweaty tryhard. I'm telling you, I think that, uh, that price picks is going to see those lines tomorrow. And they are going to, uh, or they're, excuse me, they're going to see the win tomorrow. And they're going to make the lines probably pretty aggressive. I bet most of them will be under under par because they're going to assume that this course is going to be gettable. I am actually going to be taking a different approach and I'm going to be playing contrary to that. I'm going to be playing a lot of overs on total strokes and I'm going to be playing uh, uh, the under on birdies, especially if they're putting like four and a half birdies out there, right? If they put five, I'm fucking smashing it. Okay. That is my strategy tomorrow because I, and once again, I'm projecting, but I have a pretty good feeling that they are going to roll those greens and it is going to get crusty and guys going off in the afternoon are going to be playing a pretty tough course. Okay. Because it doesn't, you know, it's not affecting those guys as much as I thought it would this week, the wind. You know what is affecting those guys more this week than I thought it would? Baked out greens and hard ass rough. So there you go. I'm going to just play that that's going to happen in round four. It's been real, guys. I hope to see you around. I hope to see you Wednesday for the live stream. And I hope to see you tomorrow for my retrospective video. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this outro.